morning, everybody. And uh, well, if you're watching this in the morning anyway, greetings to you and welcome back to um, Face to Face on Race. This is episode two and uh, we are, um, the title is The Agenda, right? So, so I think that's a pretty apt title on more level than one. And uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to try and explore what it is we're trying to achieve by having these conversations. Uh, I seem to have a bit of a holy glow, so let me see if I can sort that out, <laughs> because that's just false advertising. Uh, so there we go. Maybe that's a bit better. Um, Black, how are you doing? Good in you, bro. Yeah. How are you doing? No, keeping on. Keeping on. Uh, it's Friday in lockdown, so, so I don't know what yeah. that means. It's sort of mixed feelings. Um, so what we want to look at today, it's been, it's been uh, I think... Since the death of George Floyd, I think it was a tumultuous month for most Christians uh, grappling mm. with what was going on uh, around the world. So obviously, it's it's because of social media, it just exploded. It was an international phenomenon, um, and 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 I think the 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 kind of social uh, turmoil mm. was a big picture of what was going on in the hearts of most Christians, trying to come to terms yep. with everything. Uh, and so we've all been on a bit of a journey, I would say, in one way or another, and we've all been grappling with these things. And so for, I think for us to set the whole conversation in context, it's maybe useful to kind of ground it in that, in that journey. Yep. And so um, the plan for today, folks, is to, is to just get Black to share his personal journey uh, over the past month or so in really thinking through these things, praying, having many multiple conversations uh, and trying to come to terms with everything. And I'll chip in because obviously I've been on a, on a similar journey. Uh, I'll chip in here and there. But the, the, we want to answer three questions, I guess, and I'll put them to you now, Black, and then we can explore them as we go. Yeah. What did you find useful about uh, – so obviously – Black Lives Matter existed before uh, um, the death of George Floyd, and there were there were prior incidents as well. It wasn't as though it was just George Floyd, but we'll kind of use that as a marker. Um, yeah. Uh, but then, but then the movement really got impetus and and kind of exploded uh, in the aftermath of his death. So, so what did you find useful about that whole uh, movement and that process? What did you find less than useful uh, as a Christian as, as, as the days and weeks uh, evolved and your thinking evolved? Yeah. And, and hopefully in answering those two questions and going on this journey with you, we're going to land in the place where we're going to say, we're going to be in a position to say, what are we trying to achieve by you and I having these, this set of conversations? Yeah. So that's, that's the that's that's the agenda, so to speak, for today, and it's hopefully going to map out a bigger agenda for us over the over the next uh, seven or eight episodes. So yeah. let's kick it off, man. Let me hand the, the the baton to you. Starting with, what did you find useful? Um, yeah, but you might want to set the context a little bit. Cool, man. Thanks, bro. Um, so, so I think a lot of us obviously have. Um, um, encountered whether it's the hashtag Black Lives Matter um, or we know about the larger movement. Um, I think I think just in the past couple of months, um, in my own reading and conversations with people, I don't think that a lot of us knew, um, and some people might still not know that Black Lives Matter is actually also an organization. So it's not just a hashtag, it's not just a movement, um, but it's actually an established organization. Uh, there's a website, Black Lives Matter, you can go check that out. Um, and there's actually three uh, women who, who co-founded Black Lives Matter in 2013. Um, and, and, so, and so for me, um, I think I engaged with Black Lives Matter for the longest time just as a as a, as a movement. Um, and, and I think another thing out of that is that it's, it's a sentiment, you know, when you hear the, the phrase Black Lives Matter, I mean, you, you, you'd be considered heartless to not even agree with that. Like, 
Um, you know, especially as a Christian, we know that all lives matter because lives are made in the image of God, and that's what gives you gives us value and, and dignity. Um, and we know that historically, black people have been oppressed, particularly for us in South Africa during apartheid. Um, and we read and hear of, of slavery of black people throughout other countries in, in, in history. Um, and so, when you hear the the, the, the phrase "Black Lives Matter," uh, it resonates with you. Um, and especially for me as a black person, I was actually talking to some of our teens a couple of weeks ago um, and, and we were talking about Black Lives Matter. And, and I said to them that just knowing black pain, so from growing up in a black community, being black myself, coming from a black family and just hearing about some of the scars and hurts that that my my parents experienced during apartheid, my grandparents, some of my uncles and just people around us. Um, you, you, you know what black pain is to an extent um, from their stories, but you've probably experienced um, racism yourself. Um, and I've, I've experienced racism myself in, in my own life. So, so I know what black pain is. And, and anywhere I see black pain in the world, I resonate with that. And, and I'm connected to black people in that sense. Um, so, so Black Lives Matter for me was, was that. When I heard it, I was like, yo, this is this is something I resonate with, you know. Um, I'm a black person, and again, in the previous episode that we we spoke about my own story, just uh, the reason why I still stuck to the name black and what it means for me, uh, even in in light of of my redemption uh, as a Christian now. So so I heard that, and I was like, for all of that, um, and I see all the the narratives on police brutality and all the reports and, and what is happening in the States. I remember there was a time where I was talking to my wife and I said to her, I, it doesn't matter like how much money people would give me to go live in the States. I wouldn't as a black person, you know, considering all that is happening. I, I, I got to the point of saying Jesus himself will have to appear physically in my room. I would have to hear him verbally and, and he would have to instruct me, hold my hand and write it down in a contract to say, I want you to move to America. But before that happens, I, I, my plan was, my sentiment was never to step um, or set foot in America because of what I'm seeing on the news, how black people are, are treated. Um, so when Black Lives Matter came, all of those thoughts obviously came to mind. And then I'm also just enraged with our own racism here in the country. And I mean, our democracy is only 26 years and there's still a lot of things that we're grappling with and a lot of hurt that we're still trying to make sense of. And, and how do we move forward as, 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 a, as a country, as a collective, uh, people of various cultures and, and ethnicities. So when I see all of that and I'm seeing some of the things that are happening here, I'm like, yeah, obviously, you know, black pain is global. It's, we all get it. Uh, maybe that stuff will also help us have conversations here uh, with with our own people and, and things that we're grappling with here. So so that was my uh, introduction and how I just got into supporting the, the, the sentiment, supporting the movement. Um, and I never questioned it at all. I didn't even, again, like I said at the beginning, I didn't even think it's an organization. Um, I just was like, hey, everyone is, is is on this thing and I'm on it as well. I support it fully. Um, some of the conversations we were having as a church, uh, I have to admit, um, my, some of my thinking was influenced by what's happening in the States and what, what Black Lives Matter stands for. Uh, so when I'm coming into conversations, particularly with you as well, um, I'm coming from, from, that, from that vantage, from that lens um, and speaking for the lives of Black people. Um, and I think... Yeah, that in and of itself is is not wrong, you know. Again, because we 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 fighting against racism and we want to uh, get to a point where where black people are, are valued and seen in society, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so so I got into that, um, and what I found was useful about the the movement. Again, I think it's it's the phrase itself, which which I think is is a is a strange relationship because I find it useful. But later on, I realized it wasn't actually as useful. Um, and then I think when I, I answer the second question, I'll get into why I think the term itself is probably not useful. Um, and it's, it's, there's a tension. As a black person, I have to admit, there's a tension in even saying that right now. Um, so, so what I found useful about the term is it just it just brought an awareness uh, one to to many people, you know, uh, for the, for the longest time, particularly for us even in South Africa, we even spoke about it uh, at church that there's there's a sense of 
um, black inferiority that we feel. I mean, we, we mentioned some of that in our previous episode. Um, and, and I think just speaking about black lives mattering uh, was even trying to counter that kind of thinking, you know, so saying that, no, black people are not inferior, uh, but we, we valuable, we matter. Again, because we made it the image of God. And outside of the church, people will just say black lives matter because they matter. But as a Christian, I was saying, no, yes, I agree that black lives matter. And I think that's super helpful, but they matter because they made in the image of God. So as a Christian, I was, I was obviously just adding that, that truth, which I think holds the thing together, in fact. Um, so, so I found that very useful, that it helped us have conversations. Uh, that was another helpful thing, um, that before that, uh, I don't think we had the framework or the language to actually start having these conversations um, so, so in my own reading, Black Lives, the, the, the movement started in 2013. I know a big thing that happened for us in South Africa was Penny Sparrow in 2016. Um, so by the time Penny Sparrow happened, I think Black Lives Matter, the phrase or the movement kind of gave us um, a, a launch pad for us to have these conversations. So, so when Penny Sparrow happened, we were saying, yeah, reason why Penny Sparrow said what she said about black people is because black lives don't matter in her eyes. So, so can we actually have these conversations about why black lives matter? Um, so I think it was helpful in helping us to try and get the conversation going um, and even starting the conversation. So I thought, I thought that, was, that was pretty helpful. And for the longest time, uh, that was one thing that I, I thought was super helpful about the, the phrase black lives matter that it just keeps the conversation going. So even when um, the, 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 I forgot his name now, uh, Casavellos, if I'm pronouncing it properly, mm. uh, but That's the guy who awesome. basically, yeah, yeah, you know, called black people the K-word when he was in Greece. Um, even then when that happened, we still had the, the, the language to continue having the conversations and pointing at the injustice and saying, here's another person again who doesn't believe that black lives matter. Um, so, so we can we can continue having the, the conversation around race and why we should be fighting that. So mm. I think it, it was helpful in that regard, and and I've always kept that sentiment. So even right up until George Floyd, uh, when when that happened, and I think that was probably one of the the, the saddest things just to see on on camera um, a man an image bearer being brutalized and killed like that um, in front of the whole world. I think it was super horrific. It was a terrible thing. Um, and yet again, the conversation about why black lives should matter and why they do matter came up again. Um, but, but soon after that, I think George Floyd was obviously different from all the other uh, cases and stories that we had read about uh, before him because Again, I think coupled with lockdown, coronavirus, the world and everything that's happening right now, um, I, think, I think there was just a, a shift. And a lot of people then uh, were, were angered. A lot of people started speaking out. And I think Black Lives Matter, the, the, the movement, gained a lot, of, a lot of momentum after George Floyd, like you said at the beginning. Um, so I think then everybody else was opposed to Black Lives, the organization, or even just feeling um, um, that the, 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 the movement was not helpful in other ways, um, started speaking out. At least where I was sitting, those conversations started happening. And at first, I'm just like, what? why are you opposing this thing? Are you, are you crazy? Like, why would you even have any objection against Black Lives Matter? You know, so I'm seeing all these videos pop up. I'm seeing seminars happening. I'm seeing people having conversations around various views when it comes to Black Lives. So I'm like, okay, let me actually get in the conversation and hear what's happening. Um, I mean, so that, the so, so, Black, so just to cut in there, yeah. I mean, it may even be a surprise for some of our people watching this that there are people yeah. who oppose Black Lives Matter. Um, yeah, you know, and Chris and Christians who oppose Black Lives Matter. I mean, that'll come as a, that'll come as a shock to some people. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and so that's what you're describing. You're describing that initial shock that you felt that, like, hang on, this person called Christian is saying, yeah. I, I don't back Black Lives Matter. How do those yeah. two realities coexist, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah. that's what you're describing is your initial shock. Yeah, yeah. Some of our people might be. Uh, uh, internalizing that shock for themselves, right? As, as they hear this, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And, and and if you if you're not shocked enough, the 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 additional thing was was black Christians. 
So I was like, what? <laughs> like, like you black man, <laughs> you we saying your life matters. Why are you why are you arguing against this thing? And you're a Christian. You know what the the, the, the doctrine of the image of God is. Like you you supposed to be championing this thing more than anyone else. Like why are you fighting it? So so initially as well, I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I, you know, and and then you you tend to dismiss like people who have those opinions as, as haters and people who just don't don't get it, you don't understand, without even engaging with them, without even researching on what they have to say. Um, so so I don't wanna I don't wanna take that position. Um, if I'm a student of truth, I have to question everything, even the the, the views that I hold. Um, so so I was like, hey, let me let me actually engage with the stuff and see uh, what what the the deal is behind that. Um, so one particular uh, instance that 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 I, I had was I was invited to a webinar um, on Zoom, obviously because everything is, is is closed now. Uh, and 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 the the guy who was speaking there is somebody that has influenced me greatly in my Christian walk. Um, he he he's a he's a black guy, um, reformed, uh, very gospel centered, loves the Lord. I mean, you you hear it in in his preaching, you read it in his books. Um, and just having interacted with him as well uh, a couple of times, just, just seeing how he is as a, as a godly man, just seeing how he handles himself with his wife, with his kids. Um, it, it's a guy I, I largely respect. Uh, in fact, I, I would attribute just some of my, uh, what, what, I, what I hold of the Christian faith right now, some of the doctrines that I believe in, that he helped shape that, you know, uh, coming from where I came from, where I didn't have any form of discipleship when I got saved. Um, and, and I was just wrestling with my own Christian faith. And, and when I, I discovered who he was and just some of the things that he was, he was preaching about, I mean, he's the first guy who, who explained what expositional teaching is. And I, I saw, I, I heard him preach about, about the story of Joseph and how that links to Jesus. That, the first time I heard that, I was just like, like what Bible have I been reading? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, J- Joseph's story is, is the, the pit to the palace. You know, you want to be Joseph. Um, <laughs> you want to be that guy, you know, who, who comes from rags to riches. Uh, and, and how he was just like that's not that's not what the story is about, and and how he clearly just showed us who Jesus is from the story of Joseph. So so it's a guy I've always respected, and so when when this opportunity to uh, be in a in a webinar with him, and it was was private, so it wasn't made uh, for the public, uh, so you you had to be invited to come to the thing. I was like, definitely, I'm taking the shot. You know, um, I respect him. I know what he's about. Let me go. Let me go listen. Um, and, and the thing I think that was super helpful was, um, so, so he, he, he's, um, he's born in America, he's lived in America all his life, um, and recently he's moved to, to Africa and he's moved his entire family here um, and he's been here for, for a couple of years. But he was just explaining how life was for him growing up in America uh, with, with the, the understanding of the various civil rights movements, the, 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 the different heroes uh, of, of the liberation uh, movements, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther, uh, and, and other guys that, that, that he um, grew up uh, seeing in his own life. Obviously being uh, a man uh, in a black community, how his father taught him of uh, African ideas and what the African identity was. Um, how how that influenced him, and when he became a Christian, how he he tried to obviously um, speak from that that vantage uh, of of being a black African man in America, uh, the values of family, and and seeing how the black community, the family structure, has obviously been broken down, um, and and many ills in the black community that he's he's obviously speaking um, against, and how he wants to to basically give black people uh, a, a, a redeemed idea and understanding of what family is and the importance of family and community and how it's the fabric of society and how it builds the world basically and how what God is doing through family. So he's very passionate about, about family ministry um, and particularly to the black community. So anyway, going back to the story. So I'm in this webinar and he's described all of this. And so then he starts speaking about the the Black Lives Matter organization, and so I'm like, okay, what is happening? What is this? Um, and and so the way he described it, it wasn't just um, an organization that was for 
again, what they say in their statement, which is Black Lives Matter. But it had a lot of tentacles and other things. There was this major spider web um, that Black Lives is part of and how it supports all these other various organizations and how it support all the money that's donate, donated to Black Lives goes to Democratic um, candidates. And it's, it's basically used to fund political agendas, um, how it supports Planned Parenthood, and how, how they advocate for... Um, so just, um, uh, just, just to cut yeah. in there, Black, sorry to break your rhythm there, just for people who don't know, Planned Parenthood uh, is yeah. really abortion clinics, if, if we call it what yeah. it is. Um, yeah. So it's state-sponsored yeah. abortion clinics in, in the U.S. Sorry, carry yeah. on. Yeah. And, and, and the crazy thing is, is most of the clinics are in black communities. Mm. So, so they say a lot of Planned Parenthood, if not all of them, are black communities. Um, and, and here's an organization that's supposed to be for black people. Um, and, and then another thing that they speak of is defunding um, the, 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 the police uh, system. So, so, so basically taking money from them and giving it to other organizations that would need it uh, for the sake of uh, organizations that support black people and black communities uh, for the sake of uplifting those communities. But um, that, that's actually just what they say and, and, and present um, in the forefront. But what's, what they actually want to do uh, behind the scenes is, is just do away with policing completely. Mm. And then how, how some black people in black communities are saying, well, listen, um, again, because of what, what the studies show that, that a lot of black people um, kill black people and it's a proximity thing, like how white people would kill white people in the States, again, because of proximity. So white people live with white people, black people live with black people. And so you'll see a lot of black on black crime. Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, uh, crime that's had uh, deaths that happen between uh, white people. And so, so the black communities were saying that, well, if you do away with police, uh, yes, we know that there's police brutality and we can talk about that, but a lot of our, our issues are with our own people. And so if you do away with, with cops, yo, listen, this is actually just going to be an intense war. Like we're going to kill ourselves and, and we'll, we'll, we'll basically do away with ourselves um, if you take away policing. But that's, that's another thing that Black, Black Lives Matter, the organization, wants to do. Um, mm. So, so they, they say they want to support black people, but they're actually um, doing everything to, to try and, 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 and hinder black people from growing in any way and, and try and take away things that are supposed to be supporting the black community and caring for the black community. Uh, but they're doing away with that. So even with the abortion clinics, pen, mm. uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, the idea there is obviously to to try and slow the the population of black people um, from 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 growing. So if we can just obviously do away with with black babies, and studies show that that are, uh, in fact a lot of murders in the black community, a large percent of that um, is, is accounted by 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 the abortions, not necessarily gun violence or any other crime related things. So as it's saying all of this stuff, I'm just like whoa, like smack. What, what am I supporting, you know? And, and a couple of weeks before that, I, I put out a, a black uh, tile on my Instagram in support of Black Tuesday, you know? Um, and so I'm like, smack. I mean, I've been supporting this stuff. And it's not like at any point when I was supporting it, I felt like this was wrong or anything like that. I had done the research I did, and obviously I didn't get to the other side of what was happening behind the scenes. Mm. Um, so it's not like anything I was doing did not have any conviction. You know, I was convinced, I was conviction and I, was, I believed I was doing what's right. But clearly there were things that I was misinformed by. Um, and, and obviously there's a whole lot of things that, that go into that. Um, and, and lastly, I think, uh, just before I get to um, what, what I, uh, I, practically what I found to be unhelpful, is he, he explained just the ideology behind uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and so he started speaking, obviously, about, about uh, cultural Marxism, which is something that I've heard in, in other conversations um, and I've engaged with. But, but the way he, he broke it down and he explained how they use Black Lives Matter uses uh, cultural Marxism as an ideology um, to, to basically reshape societies, 
by breaking by breaking down what what we know as society today, you know. So so another thing that Black Lives have on their website is they just want to do away with the nuclear family. Um, so 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 the idea of having a, a father and a mother and, and kids in a the family, they want to do away with that. They want to redefine what family is. Um, and, and so then the, there's a, there's a bunch of other things, um, but but the the basic premise of, of cultural Marxism is obviously dividing people into groups um, and 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 treating people based on on identity politics. So so I don't see Royden as an individual um, and his his character or his character flaws, what makes him him. But I, I see Royden as as a white middle class man, and I group him with a bunch of other white middle class men. And my interaction with you will be on on those bases. Um, and so what they speak about as well is just two groups, uh, a group that's oppressed and a group that, that is, is, is being oppressed. And they see the world from that perspective. So it doesn't matter what is happening and what the context of situation is, we'll always have to group people in, in, in those categories. So there'll always be somebody who's at the top and somebody at the bottom. And the person at the bottom is always trying to overthrow the person at the top. But even if you follow that to its logical conclusion, then what happens is that the roles will, will shift. So the person at the bottom will become the oppressor at some point, and then the person at the bottom will want to take them down again. And, and, and that cycle just is never ending. Um, but that's how they, they obviously want to see the world. And, and if you trace that stuff back, which, which was what was explained in this webinar, the idea comes obviously from Karl Marx, and and when Karl Marx obviously uh, realizes that his his ideas will will, will not really uh, uh, pan out in in, in, in practical terms, um, then the idea of cultural Marxism comes. And he he spoke about this guy. Uh, I think his name is um, uh, Antonio, Antonio Gramsci. Yeah, Antonio Gramsci. Yeah, the, the Italian the Italian um, uh, Marxist. So so he spoke he spoke about him and his idea of the. Hegemony, which is the, the group that has power, the group that uh, is obviously the, the oppressor and, and everyone else then who, who has to oppose the hegemony. And part of the hegemony, according to uh, Antonio Gramsci, is, is the Christian church. So, so the Christian church has been seen as obviously uh, people in power, people who oppress the rest of society and we impose our values on people. And at some point, the Christian church has to be uh, dethroned, as it were. It has to be taken down because, again, it's been an, an oppressive uh, force in society. So all of that stuff. Um, and, 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 so, and so I started thinking to myself, um, which is what I found um, uh, unhelpful, is if I consider all of this, so here I am in Midrand, right? South Africa, black, 32-year-old, with my own struggles, with race in my country. Uh, here I'm getting all of this stuff from America again, and it's just so complex, and there's a whole lot of tentacles around it, and there's just spider webs that stretch from here to eternity, and there's just things I can't grasp at the same time. And, 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 and how politicized this thing is, because that's another thing. I was just like, how politicized it is. I'm like, there's clearly a whole lot of Democrats behind this thing, and, and they want to they wanna fund them so that they, they can push their agendas. Okay, so I'm like, okay, let me consider all of this. After the webinar, I left, and I was just processing and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. Eventually, I'm like, okay, here, here's a simple conclusion for me. I, how's about I just do away with all of that stuff? <laughs> So I, so I just sit here and I say, I, that was a lovely seminar, but one, I don't care because I'm not in America. Uh, so, so there are politics in some extent, some extent, because I know politics will affect us, but some extent they don't affect me. I don't vote blue or red. Um, you know, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a different political system. Uh, we have different issues and our own policies here. So I, I'm not divided between, between red or blue. I'm not divided between... Um, the options they have. I, it has nothing to do with me. If I do away with all of that, if I if I stop supporting Black Lives Matter, for example, I don't use the hashtag, I don't speak about the sentiment, and and not that I'm, I'm, I'm not fighting racism in my own country, not fighting racism in our own church. No, I'm, I'm still going to be for that. I'm a Christian and I want justice and I want, and I want the gospel to prevail in all matters. So I'm just not going to engage with that stuff. Okay, so what, what, am I, what am I left with, right? And so 
when I got to that conclusion, I realized what I'm left with is one, again, here's an example of how the North, and by the North, I mean America, has influenced us again. Um, so yes, we are having conversations around race, but we're having it again because America started having it, you know? So does it mean that we, we, sh we don't have issues? No, it doesn't mean that. But why are we only speaking about it when something in America happens again? Um, and so I was like, I think there's, there's obviously just been this, this prevailing um, um, uh, superiority of American culture. So, so whatever comes from the North, we take and we eat and we gobble up and we make it our own, right? Um, so whether it's in music, whether it's in movies, whether it's in the church and some trends that are happening in the church, if somebody from the state comes who says something, somebody who's a theologian in America says something, we all like, yeah, yeah, that guy's right. I, but if Royden says something or Black says something, it's like, ah, I mean, who are you? Like, you, you live in our backyard. We don't care what you say. I, uh, you don't have red and blue and stars in, in, in your flag. So we, we're not going to listen to you. So I'm like, here's another example for us to just pause and realize that I think we, we, we're drinking American Kool-Aid without questioning what's in it. You know, whatever comes from the North, we're just sucking up and eating, but without actually unpacking it and realizing what, what ingredients are in the thing. So that's one issue. Um, and I, I, I wanted to say, I think, to, to South Africans, to our own church, there's helpful things in the world. I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to um, what other people are saying. All truth is God's truth. But I think we just need to try and analyze all these things, um, see what, what the political things are, see what their agendas are. Um, and whatever is helpful, we can keep. And what, what, what's not, we, we just chuck it up. Right? But it's high time that we actually just formulate our own language around these conversations and speak in a way that is faithful and authentic to South Africans. Um, so, so that was the one thing. But the second thing um, I, I thought to myself, okay, cool. Uh, so here we are, right? I think it's helpful for us to, 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 to try and, and, and formulate a language uh, where we can speak about race, where we can speak about the issues that we face here in South Africa in a way, again, that will be faithful to our people, that will be faithful to, to the gospel uh, in a way that's, that's not going to uh, make us get entangled in all of the stuff if, if we do our way with it, right? Um, but, but lastly, I said, I think, and that's why we're having this conversation. I mean, I've been talking too much, so I just want to, I just want to hand over to you so you can add some stuff. But lastly, I wanted us to, to say, we need to set our own agenda. Okay. Um, so, and, and that's what we said at the beginning and moving forward, that's what we want to do, but we need to set our own agenda. Um, do we have racial issues in South Africa? Yes, we do. Right. Um, do we need to, to speak about them? Yes. Yes, we do. But how do we do that? Um, so how do we do it in a way that is helpful? How do we do it in a way where where I've seen South Africans now who obviously uh, are waving the flag of Black Lives Matter, but probably don't even have the information that I just shared with us now. Uh, so so how do we how do we not miss each other? So when somebody gets on 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 a public 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 platform, sorry, and they say they support Black Lives Matter. And obviously now I'm sitting here with all the information I have. How do I not say, but this person might not be understanding what I'm saying to them and we might be talking over each other, you know? So how, how do we say, guys, listen, we, we get what's happening. The black pain is real. Um, racism is real everywhere in the world. How can, how can we support the fight against racism in America in a way uh, that's not going to make us be left entangled in all the issues that they have? How can, how can we support in a way that's biblical, in a way that is, that is loving, in a way that's caring, without actually getting caught up in all of the mess, right? And, and, and how do we then speak about our own racism in a way we're not missing each other? So, so is it helpful for us to continue using the, the phrase Black Lives Matter? I think if we continue using it, it has to be qualified. Uh, but I would even go to the extent of saying, Maybe we don't even use it. How do? Why don't we just come up with a language that you and I can understand, where we're not missing each other, a, a language that appreciates our context, a language that appreciates even some of the the, the, the successes we've had in the 26 years. I have, we, we haven't arrived, but there's clearly things that that we can celebrate. I mean, we having this conversation right now. So how do we come up with a language that appreciates that? How do we come up with a language that, that speaks of, of the injustices of apartheid? And we, we're not 
getting caught up in Jim Crow or, 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 or uh, other forms of, of American slavery and, and what's happened there, you know? But how do we speak in a language that speaks of apartheid, that speaks of the different tribes that we have in South Africa, that speaks of the different ethnic groups we have in South Africa? How do we speak in a way that's, that's, that's clear to the guy on the ground, Musiso uh, uh, who lives in Alex, who will understand what we're saying, and it's not some lofty academic exercise where they just like, ah, we, we don't even get, the, we don't get what's happening in the States and you coming here, you, you saying stuff that we don't understand as well. How do we speak in a way that's helpful for them? Uh, but all of that, all of that is pushed by the gospel. All of mm. that is, mm. is on the bedrock of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because again, we can fight racism until we turn blue in the face. I don't know how what color black people turn, but whatever it is, we, we can fight till that point but we know that sin is continuing to grow in the world. Um, and the, the solution to, to the problem of sin is changed hearts and hearts that are changed by the gospel of Jesus. So how do we speak about all of these things in a way um, that acknowledges that truth about the, the gospel um, so, so, that, so that hearts can actually change? And that even, even if we don't, I mean, we won't do away with all racism, but, but if we get to that point where we're here, we, we know that we're not going to do our way with all of it, but there's hope in our hearts because of what Jesus has done. There's hope in our hearts that on an individual um, basis, we, we will treat each other better. We will look at each other better. We will see each other the way God sees us. Um, you know, so, so we might not do away with racism completely in the whole country, but the way that we'll interact with each other will reflect our, the, the new reality that, that we're waiting for. Um, and, and that's the reality of heaven. So, so in a nutshell, that's, that's where I was at. And that's, I think that's why we're having this conversation. I found Black Lives Matter uh, useful in that sense that it helped us speak about race. But I think right now, I, as a South African, so let me qualify that and say, as a, South Afri a, black, uh, a Christian Black South African, um, I don't think speaking about Black Lives is, is helpful for us um, in, in our country. I think we, we just need to come up with, with our own language that addresses the real problem of racism um, and, and the solution will be the gospel and the gospel only. So, yeah, I'll, I'll end it there, bro, before this becomes another five hours. <laughs> I know I'm tempted to end it there, bro. I don't know that I can necessarily add anything that's useful. Um, let me just say that just on your last point, like, we need to do this for ourselves. Yeah. But in a shameful way, we are world leaders in racism, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And, 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 man, we should be exporting solutions to the rest of the world. So, so people should be looking to us and saying, sure, these guys went to the pits of hell in their racism. And, and yeah. they are crawling back inch by inch using the gospel. And how are they doing it? Right? So, sure. so instead of imbibing stuff from elsewhere, why? This is an area where we've excelled. You know, we, we, we kings of the world. So why are we now looking to other countries to, to first of all, diagnose a problem we know is there? And secondly, uh, come up with solutions when we have the solution in our Bible next to our bed every night, you know? So, so, so I just say amen to that. Like, let's, let's, let's not be victims of imperialism, cultural imperialism, you know, three times over. Let's, let's learn yeah. from the past and say, listen, we can, we can formulate, we have everything we need to, to actually bless others in the world. And we should be doing mm. that. It's actually, mm. it's not just a favor to ourselves. It's love for our brothers and sisters in the States, in Australia, in the UK, wherever there are black communities who are enduring racism, you know, we can be leading the way. Um, so, so I just wanted to underscore that. And just also to say very briefly, like the things that your friend was talking about are not just allegations against Black Lives Matter, right? So, so that range of criticism, it's, it's kind of how they define themselves. So, yeah. so it's straight from like the things you mentioned. I, and, and I can understand why if he's got a concern for the family, for instance, why a gospel concern for the family, why he's so antithetical towards Black Lives Matter, because you and I have read the webpage, we find yeah. things like, just to use the language, first of all, the, the designation they use for each other is comrade, 
So, yeah. um, you know, so they, they are unashamedly Marxist. One of their leaders, uh, Patrice Khan Cullors, was asked, what is your underlying ideology? And she said, we are trained yes. Marxists, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then some of the language straight off the front page, uh, we want to dismantle cisgender privilege. Uh, we, dis- we want to dis- uh, dismantle um, Western prescribed nu- nuclear family structure. You were talking about that. Uh, we foster a queer affirming network. We want to free ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking and so on and so on. So, yeah. so, so it's not as though here's a guy who, you know, some people might label alt-right and now he's chucking mud at BLM. It's how they define themselves. There's only two yeah. things uh, that they won't allow on their Facebook page. One is anything, any kind of sales pitch. So don't come and try and, you know, sell your sneakers on our on our website, on our Facebook page, fair enough. The other thing is the gospel. Yeah. So the only two, those are the only two types of messages that they have explicitly said, we will take down if you put this up. Yeah. Um, so so it's, not, it's not an allegation. I, I'm just affirming what, what your friend has said, I think, and what you are saying. It's kind of yeah. how they define themselves. So, so, so the, this concern that a, that a Christian might have with the organization, not with the sentiment, but with wow. the organization is, is to do with how they define themselves. Um, it's not so much an allegation. And then just to say, like, the polarization is the last comment I'm going to make because I thought you did such a brilliant job in laying it out for us in, in an accessible way because, like, you and I know, having tried to come to terms with this stuff, it gets massively complex. So yeah. I thought it was what you said was accessible and clear. But what, I, what, what happens... There, because of the way the debate is, 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 is so polarized, like everything in the States, super polarized. You yeah. said red and blue and, and everything just forces people to the extremities. What I've seen is, um, so, so there's the movement and then there's Christians with some legitimate concerns about the movement. But yeah. then what I've seen with, with, um, with Christians is... So I'll give you an, a, a real-life example. I'm, I'm, I'm in a conversation with, with someone who, who is um, grappling with uh, so someone accused this person of, of racism, and, and the person gave me the details, right? Yeah. And I, I had to say to this individual, look, man, that pretty much is racism, right? That, that, that's the essence of racism, what, 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 what's just been described. Sure. And so we talked about it because the person's really grappling and wrestling. We have a long conversation. By the end, the, the individual is, is, is sort of coming around because this, this is a person who takes the gospel seriously. And, and this is what we have to keep saying is even Christians who take the gospel seriously can have racism in their hearts. So, 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 so we mustn't think you, know, you come to church, that's the end of racism, right? So we, we'll do a whole episode on that. But, um, but this individual is eventually coming around and I think, great, we had a fantastic gospel uh, conversation. There's a way forward. Uh, the, the person's committed to, to kind of a meeting with other Christian leaders, uh, black and white, to talk about the issue and to work it through from the scriptures. And I'm like, yo, hallelujah, gospel transformation. Two days later, I get a, a, a WhatsApp clip of BLM is cultural Marxism. Sure. And that, you know, that, that's sort of the end of the conversation. So... So this is my worry, is that, yeah. is that people can hear this criticism of BLM and go, right, you see, yeah. it's Marxism, I'm out. The, yeah. the whole race thing has been dealt with. Christians have dealt with it. They've shown it to be Marxism. We're done. Mm. That's a worry for me. It's like it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a harbor, a, a refuge, a kind of Alibaba's cave for, for, for Christians who, who don't really want to grapple with racism. That's yeah, what it becomes. And, yeah. and so that's my concern. So, so there's, we, we're walking a tightrope. We don't want to be associated with a movement that is clearly antithetical to the gospel. And at the same yeah. time, just because it's antithetical to the gospel doesn't mean that some of the things they're saying about race aren't real. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, so, um, so that isn't just to affirm what you said. We've got to get out of that tangled mess and we've got to get serious about racism 
And we've got mm. to use the resources God has given us. Because I think part of the tangled mess is the categories are wrong. So sure. if you just think in terms of power, but you have no doctrine of sin, well, immediately you've got a problem there because God yeah. himself is powerful. So power in and of itself doesn't corrupt you. Yeah. What corrupts you is the cocktail of power and sin. If you've got no doctrine of sin, then anyone in power is sinful and needs to be overthrown, like you said. And anyone who's not in power is automatically justified because they don't have power and there's no individual responsibility. So, so we need these doctrines. We need these biblical categories to help us all take responsibility for our own hearts uh, and, and to see redemption not as some continual man-made thing that we're going to arrive at a utopia, but, but to see what Christ has done for us to redeem the image in us um, and, to, and to force us to take the racism in our hearts seriously. And to yeah. and to gouge it out like a like an like an eye that you would rather not have, um, yeah. it forces you to go to hell, right? So sure. so I think I think the resources we have in the scriptures are ones we can rely on because this this ideological warfare that we've just been describing is such a mess. You get you, uh. like you were saying, you can go down a a rabbit hole of YouTube videos that just you never get to the bottom of. Um, yeah. And and you never you never surface again, but we have we have resources we have categories we can trust and rely on in the scriptures to have the hard conversations we have to have if we're going to heal. Um, so, I think maybe that's where we leave it, and hopefully it's clear to the people who are watching this what we're trying to do. We yeah. we're trying to have a, an authentically South African conversation as Christian South Africans around the issue of racism. We're not trying to park the issue of racism because no, 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 it's, BLM has been discredited by the neo-Marxist agenda. No, we're not saying that at all. We're saying we want to grapple with this issue, but we want to do it with gospel categories on our own terms, yeah. going back to the basics and in our own words. Sure. Does, that, does that capture it? I agree, bro, fully, because um, that's that's exactly where where I ended up with, um, and that's that's my sentiments. I believe that that's a better and way more faithful way of approaching this thing. Um, you know, so so when you think of Jesus's call um, for for the disciples to go out and and and, and reach the world, you know, he he says they must start in Jerusalem, then Samaria, then the ends of the world, you know. So, so I think I think that's a call on us um, when it comes to this matter as well. Uh, we should start in, in Jerusalem and, and then Samaria and then the ends of the world. So, mm. so we, we we can't just be at the ends of the world and engaging um, with these matters on that level. Uh, mm. But yet, people across the highway in Tembisa, people behind us in Olivens Bosch, people like east of us in, in Alex, you know, uh, just where's, don't where's don't the, engage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, don't, don't, don't are not taken care of. Uh, they, they, they're not included in these conversations. Mm. Uh, we, we're not in any way uh, loving them with the gospel when it comes to 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 the issue of race. Uh, I think then we we will be very uh, unfaithful, and God will hold us accountable uh, for that one day. Uh, we we can't stand in front of of the King of the Universe and say, but but we spoke about Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, and and they'll say, but I I gave you I gave you deep slots, I gave you Alex, I gave you Oliver's Bush, I gave you Tembisa around you. Mm. Well, what did you do? What did you do with with those souls that I gave you? Mm. Essentially, their blood will be in our hands. Mm. Um, so so I think I think we we need to really step up. Um, I'm not saying let's not continue engaging again with the the rest of the world, but let's engage with our own backyard first. Um, yeah. In line yeah. With the gospel. Yeah. I mean, so I would agree, bro. So, so folks, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, and, and we hope you'll come on this journey with us. And the point is not for me and Black to have a conversation. The point yeah. is that we're hoping to multiply the conversations um, and for, for you to be having conversations in your life groups, in your networks, with your domestic workers, uh, everybody you are, are interacting with, to be having these conversations and to be framing them with the gospel. Um, and it's in, it's something all of us can do. Uh, so, 
So it's not something that's lofty and we have to understand the ins and outs of cultural Marxism before we can proceed. No, you have to love Jesus and have a Bible and, and, and want to love people. That's what you need to, to be having these, these conversations. So uh, let's leave it there. Join us next time. Doug, do you remember what we have on the, uh, the menu? The next the one? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, it's, it's a surprise. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, join us for next time. Uh, bro, will you pray for us and then we'll wrap it. Cool. Let's do that, man. Uh, Lord, we thank you again for um, blessing us with the gift of life, life that is abundant and, and eternal through the sacrifice of Jesus. Lord, thank you that you have made us um, the way we are. Um, Father, that as much as the, the concept of, of race, uh, we can say is a, is a social construct, Lord, but our ethnicities are given to us by you. Uh, so it's no coincidence uh, that I look the way I look, or and looks the way he looks. Lord, you know why, and you planned all of it. And Father, in our individual cultures and ethnicities, Lord, we give you glory, Lord, uh, when we are faithful to all the gifts you've given us and use them primarily for your kingdom um, and, and to, to, to give you praise. So, Lord, I do pray that you help us as we grapple with sin, the sin of racism uh, in our own hearts, first and foremost, Lord, as we look at it in our families and our communities, uh, how we were brought up, uh, Father, that we may not, not leave any, any stone unturned, Lord, but use the gospel uh, to, to be truthful and to expose ourselves, uh, be at the foot of the cross and cry out that you may really help us, Lord. You have redeemed us. You've removed the power of, of sin and racism um, away from us, but we know, Lord, that we are still plagued by its residue and it's still uh, prevalent in our hearts. Uh, but Lord, we don't have to be slaves to it. We don't have to be uh, blinded by it, uh, but we have the same power that rose you from the grave that works in us mm. uh, to, to help us fight against it. So I pray, Father, that you may help us Lord, to uh, just be um, uh, at the foot of your cross, that the Holy Spirit may convict us that we may repent uh, where our sin is, is identified um, and where we've become racist, um, whether uh, to, to each other as black and white people or to other races, Lord, colored Indians, um, uh, Asians, and anyone else, Lord, who does not necessarily look like us. So please forgive us uh, for the sin of racism, forgive our, our country, um, and I pray, Father, that you may continue just helping us with the gospel, as we've said, uh, the tools that you've blessed us with, the privilege of sharing the truth of Christ uh, through the pages of Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for all of those things. Help us to use them, Lord, uh, in South Africa for our people uh, so that, Lord, we may push back against the darkness of racism uh, in this country. Uh, we do pray, Father, just that people were blessed by this conversation and that it will spark uh, thoughts in them to continue just um, doing their own um, searching in their own hearts and Lord, that it will be uh, great just for uh, our country again, that as we all have these conversations, they'll be beneficial, uh, not just for us, but for future generations. And so Lord, we commit all of these things and pray in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.